everyone. Welcome to Dream It, Dare It, Do It, Live the Life You Want. My name is Jasmine and I'm your host. I have been taking a break. I, I, you haven't heard from me since I don't even remember when. I, I know that the last time I recorded was June. So it's just, I've been so busy. People have been so busy. Uh, many clients, I've been producing podcasts, I've been creating websites, I've been helping people build their brands. It's, it was just so much fun. It didn't have enough time. But here I am, I'm back. I was looking forward to start this again. And um, so I got my first guest, Lori Holmes. Hi, Lori. Hi, Jasmine. How you doing? Well, I'm doing great today. Yeah. So people, Lori, Lori is also a fellow graduate of Supercoach Academy. Yes, I and, am. Uh, but she did it, she did it way earlier than I did. <laughs> if I didn't listen to all of the thinking I had about Supercoach Academy, I would have done it at the same time as you. But I wished you had. We could have been sitting together. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we were off camera. Oh. We were having this conversation and she was telling me that she was at the front of the room every time. So that was the plan. Yeah. Well, what it is, there's two reasons why I sat up front. Okay. The first reason was I had this thing called selective hearing. So I wanted to make sure I could hear what was okay. being said even if I fell asleep in the front row, which I did too. And I could not have someone else sit in front of me while I was watching Michael Neal. Because if you sit in the back, you hide more. Yeah. Like you think nobody's going to see you back there. I was done with hiding. I used to hide a lot. But it's kind of like when I sat, I even sat in the front row after I stubbed my toe on the last weekend in Santa Monica, and I had to walk 10 blocks because I wouldn't pay for the money to sit in the hotel, say in the same hotel where it was being done, right? Where, it was, okay. where all the classes were being done. So I'm hobbling 10 blocks. I won't even get a cab. That's how bad I was. I won't even get a cab, so I'm hobbling 10 blocks to get into this seminar. And so what do I do? I go up front and I make sure that I have an extra chair so I can prop my foot up. <laughs> I look really pathetic. It's so funny because I had a strategy too when I, I came into Supercoach. Mm -hmm. I came into Supercoach and I said, because I'm, I'm usually, I like you, hid. Um, although I've, I've learned that even if I was hidden, people still saw me like thinking, oh, I'm going to hide. Nobody's going to see me. But I learned very quickly that even though I, I was hidden, hiding or so I thought people saw me. Uh, and, uh, but that time I decided, I said, I am intentionally going to change seats and have a new person sitting next to me every single time so that I can meet people because I knew we were going to share and I was like I'm going to meet this group and I met I met a lot of them I'm very happy about that that's great I I think that I don't know if I did that exactly all the time because I was in uh, in the front and there was only a few people that were willing to sit up front yeah. So we might have switched seats a little bit here and there. And sometimes it was the second row. I won't lie. Sometimes the front row got taken quickly if I was late or lagging behind. But I would sit in the aisle seat then. So I could go look around people if I had to. Yeah. No. But it, it's really funny how you get to see what your racket is really quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, what you think is real and true. And that gets completely demolished during Supercoach Academy. I got to see a lot of my silly stories and bullshit. Matter of fact, when Mara Gleason was up one weekend, I remember sitting there. Mara Gleason 
this is before she was Olson. So she's Mara Gleason Olson now. Yeah. And she's been around the principals, I think, she, since she was a teenager. I want to say 18, give or take. And her dad did it first, and then she did it. And she has this way of talking that it's like truth bombs. And I was sitting there one day, and I heard myself snoring in the front row. (laughs) (laughs) And she looked at me, and she comes over, and she goes, it's all right. You still get it when you're sleeping. (laughs) So talk about not being able to hide. That was one of my ways of hiding didn't work out very well for me either. So <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I love her. I'm actually, I put her on the list of to, to invite her to come, come, come on an episode. Hopefully she'll say yes. Yeah, I know I she's pretty she busy with, uh, with uh, the school. The, well, I think it's a school, right? Or the nonprofit that she's running with her husband. So um, yeah, so to be continued. Mm-hmm. So, um, so where, like, so we know that you're a super coach. Where are you from? Like, what what city are you from? Well, I was born in New York City. Okay. I was raised on Long Island. I went to school in Pennsylvania, married my now ex-husband, who we met together when we were in college in Pennsylvania at a, at a um, private religious college. And, um, you know, that marriage lasted about five years, had two beautiful sons. That part of my life was really messy. I'm sure everybody's got a messy period in their life. Well, I was 25 at the time, truly messy. You know, things are, I would say that things have improved since then, maybe a bit. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm never willing to say it's a really that much different because we're still us, you know, yeah. still have uh, illusions of grandeur. But anyway, um, so I moved, eventually moved south in the 80s. And now you are? Well, before I get to that, you have to understand the journey just a little bit. I'm not going to spend okay. a huge amount of time on it. But I landed finally, I went I lived in Florida, I lived in Alabama, and I lived in South Carolina, which is where I left. I'm living in Washington State now. So this is a huge adjustment for me. I've always lived on the East Coast, very briefly in the Midwest, either North or South on the East Coast, and now I'm fully on the West Coast. You're so, in that. Isn't it Washington State? Isn't that where there's a lot of rain? Well, in the north western part of it, around Seattle, yes. We've had some rain recently, but I wouldn't say a lot of rain. Okay. Um, I'm in a, I don't know if drier areas more accurate, but we're surrounded by what looked like brown foothills. I found out it was wheat growing. <laughs> I saw all these golden hills. I'm like, where the heck am Where have I landed, Dorothy? And I'm like, the Wizard of Oz. I've walked into Munchkin Land, and it's like, I have never seen so many golden hills in my life. Not mountains, golden hills. And then they said, well, that's wheat. Oh. How long have you been there? A lot there? of wheat. <laughs> Is it recent? Is what recent? Uh, that your move to Washington State. I left in June. Oh, so it is recent. Traveled cross country with my brother. Oh boy, that's a whole nother day. <laughs> a whole nother podcast. <laughs> we will not even talk about that one right now. It took us eight days and a few <laughs> side trips to get there. And I could have taken easily two weeks. My brother was in a hurry because he was losing money while we were traveling. Okay. He was an Uber driver. So he kept saying, I'm losing money every day. I'm not back. I'm like, yes, but we have to stop and go to the bathroom occasionally, you know, or at least yeah. I do. 
Peter Campbell, he could have gone on forever and ever and ever. But me and my cat, we needed a little bit of get out of the car time. Yeah. So we were not the best traveling companions, but he did get me across country. So for that, I'm grateful. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's funny because it kind of like brings me to, um, you're living the life that you want. Right. That's a really good question because when I left, um, Hardyville, South Carolina, I was living in a two bedroom apartment. My idea was that I was going to get a trap, not a travel trailer, but I was going to get another RV and I was going to roam around the country. I'm just spending eight days with my brother. <laughs> I decided maybe I'm not quite ready for that yet. <laughs> we need to modify that idea right now. We're not, you know, we're not totally ready for the RV thing. Well, what was really fascinating was my, my cousins have rented this house. They know my situation. They know what I've gone through in the last year because I had four surgeries through last year and this year. And, and two of them were on my belly. And one was a hysterectomy, straight down the middle. Mm. The other one was laparoscopic surgery for a hernia that had popped up under the, the scar. And that was nine holes around the perimeter. So my poor belly has said, enough. You know, it's like the muscles there have just gotten so messed up. Forget about doing sit-ups anymore, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, um, I came out this way to help my aunt out. My aunt is not now 95 years old. And she had fallen right around March of this year. And they were worried that she was going to need more assistance than her daughter could provide, who lives with her 60 years old, but she has Asperger's. So there's and some- Denise, Denise has Asperger's? My cousin. Or your aunt, or your cousin, okay. My, cousin, my aunt has dementia, my cousin has Asperger's. Okay. Sorry, I thought it was me. And I am traveling west, giving up almost everything I own, throwing it into an SUV, all I can fit. The rest is in storage, but not much. Gave up all my furniture, tons of clothes, blah, blah, blah. Go get in with my brother, go west. And I have no idea where I'm going to end up because I first have to go to my sister's for about a month while the place that I'm going to end up in is being gotten ready. It's not ready yet. So my sister wasn't ready to have me come stay with her for a month either. That was a surprise to her, but I had nowhere else to go. So me and my cat, Chloe, were with my sister for a month. And then I flew over to Walla Walla down to Dayton, Washington, where my aunt lives. And now I'm in this huge house that my cousins rented and I live in full time. So I would not have said back in June that I had any expectation of living in a big house ever again until I got to this one. And I love it. I've got a huge backyard. I got a patio that I've been grilling out when the weather was good for that. I've got a dream kitchen to work in when I'm cooking for everybody. Huge dining room. I'm, I'm sitting in the living room and you can't even see how big this thing is. It's huge. And my cat has her own bedroom. <laughs> it's so, hysterical. So let me ask you. Um... So as you know, the name of the podcast is Dream It, Dare It, Do It, Live the Life You Want. Yeah. And um, one of the things that um, I realized as I'm going through my own journey um, is that what I want, really, what I truly wanted or what I truly want 
usually has nothing to do with what I think I want. Um, and, then, and then I get it and I'm kind of like, wow, this is, this is great. You know, that, have you had that kind of experience? This for yourself? is it. This, this right now is that. Yeah. I did not have in my mind an idea that I was going to live in a four bedroom house. It didn't exist in my thinking. Every time I watch a show where they were fixing up somebody else's home and I think, oh, that's such a beautiful place, but that's too big for me. Well, not when you're living with family coming in and needing a place to sleep. You know, my cousin has the master bedroom because I gave that up so I can have a smaller bedroom because I don't need a master bedroom. I don't have a man with me. So when her husband's with her, it's perfect for them. They've got their ensuite bathroom, which I'm a bit jealous of, but I don't go in there. I've got my bathroom in the hallway and it suits me fine. And, and I share it with when the boys come, she's got two sons and they go downstairs and the sons may be bringing their friends soon to go skiing. So I'm actually living a dream that I didn't even know I had, but well, it's a lie. I did have a dream of getting back with family or near family. I missed cooking for people. I missed having birthday celebrations. I missed having Thanksgiving with family or even Christmas. Because my sons, I never see them. Mm -hmm. Except for occasionally. And it's never during a holiday. So now I'm surrounded by cousins that are coming and going and having birthdays that I'm cooking for and having Thanksgiving when we're going to have, you know, eight, eight or nine people show up. And that in Christmas, I've been told I can go wherever I want. So I may go see a daughter of mine down in Carlsbad, California. If she listens to this podcast. Um, I just have to get the date straight on when I'm going to go and how long I'm going to be there. So these are things that, I've wanted like in the back of my mind, but I didn't see how it was going to actually happen. And now I'm living it. Yeah. It's so funny because I, um, I spent time, I, I, I'm also single and I live with her who really uh, wants my attention right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those of you listening on audio, I've got the dog on me. Who's like staring me in the face. Uh, <laughs> dog is so cute i want one too thank you she's the sweetest too right right Bote? you're the sweetest yes you are yes you are um but i and i love living with, i love my life i love i love my solitude like i love being alone um and and um, I spent a couple of weekends with cousins. I have a couple of cousins that we started, became, we became friends. They're younger than me, but we became friends in the past, I'm going to say, eight years, something to that effect. And now we see each other, you know, four, five, six times a year. And we basically spend time playing cards, playing games, you know, chatting and enjoying that and it and and I see how I love it I actually love it and la last weekend or a couple weekends ago where I when I went we uh, now I've been living alone since I was 22 right mm -hmm. so watching tv I watch tv alone <laughs> right and that weekend we were all sitting around the tv and it was just so cool. It was a, it was a different vibe. Like I, I forgot how, cause I remember kids when we were kids, you know, the family, we would sit around the TV and we would watch some show and we had mom, dad, and the brothers, and we were watching that. Right. As we grew older, well, we all got our different likes and that went away, obviously. Right. My older brother is like, something my younger brother likes something I like something my father likes something my mother likes something so we kind of all left and watched their our own thing but 
that weekend, we were all watching. It was, and we were all different ages. We were, they were male, they were female, they were teens, they were, you know, and it was so much fun. Mm. And it's something that I, I didn't even know I missed, yeah. you know, yep. and for them, for them, it was just natural, you know, like that's what they do. But for me, I was just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I'm share sure. it with them. They're probably good. They would probably go, okay, you're a weirdo. <laughs> it's funny because when I'm watching something, by myself, I do something my dad did. I talk bad. <laughs> and I was with my cousin one time and she was trying to multitask and do like, she's a lawyer and she's got you know, in front of the computer and, uh, yeah. and she's watching her show, but she doesn't specifically want to have a kibitzing audience watching the same show while she's trying to work on her computer. So it's, it's like times like that when I remember, oh, I'm not alone anymore. Yeah. And this is not appropriate. <laughs> they don't want the commentary, Lori. They just don't want it. <laughs> so it's like, I, ha I have to learn. I've had to relearn how to be with others. Yeah. And my sister would tell me when I'm with her how selfish I am. Well, that's how it looks when you're always with yourself. Yeah. You know, it's not like I intend to be selfish. It's just that it, I've always thought of me first because that's what you do when you're by yourself all the time. Yeah, because we fall into auto mode, right? Exactly. And, and we forget. Oh, I'm not alone anymore. There are different... I hate to say the word rules. I've got quotes for anybody listening in. <laughs> Not really rules, but there's kind of rules of behavior when you're with more than yourself, right? Yeah. I think etiquette. I think they used to call that word etiquette. Mm -hmm. Things that we do and we don't do if we want to get along with others. <laughs> yeah. And I learned that, oh, yeah, this works okay if you're only listening to yourself but it doesn't work so well if you're in a movie theater or you're sitting with friends or even relatives yeah and you're girlfriend and you're that looking when it's not appropriate <laughs> i have a girlfriend when i go to the movies she talks loud i mean i'm like i'm like just shut up i mean what are you doing we're in a movie theater and she's like i don't care i'm talking i'm like oh man you know what I'm talking about that. Yeah. yeah, I've had to learn to do the same thing in movie theaters. Yeah. That this is not the time to kibitz the movie through the whole movie. Just shut up. Keep your mouth shut. Yeah. So it, it's funny, and it works in coaching too. I have to bring this up because we are talking about that. Yeah. Super coach. You know, that tendency when we're when we're with somebody else to kind of give them our good ideas. Yeah. I had to learn to be quiet. Yeah. I had to learn if listening, if I'm truly listening to somebody, I'm not talking. You know, and so that that has been really helpful for me in so many different places. You know, that reminds me. So I have this girlfriend that I talked to lately the last couple of times that I talked to her um she kind of pointed out in her own way how um I didn't need to tell her what to do <laughs> yeah that was very hard for my ego and what's really cool is that lately, what I'm more and more seeing is my ego. And actually, I woke up yesterday morning thinking, you know, I just realized I don't like my ego. Like, <laughs> right? Like the e as soon as I, I can almost hear it. 
<laughs> I'm not even going to give her a her name. I hear it and then I get very annoyed. So now that's my habitual way of behaving. And I see that I've been annoyed by my ego for many, many, many years. Yeah. You know, but I was identifying as that, that was me. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now I'm getting more and more comfortable with the fact that there's ego there, but it's not me. That's a brilliant, if anybody's listened this far into the recording, that's really a very important point yeah. because I'll give you an example that may not seem like it's the same, but so today, and you may read it in one of the groups because I left it there, but I had this realization today about my aunt who has dementia. Now, I remember sitting with her at the table the other day, and my aunt is saying that the woman to her left, I'm to her right, is her sister. I know that it's actually her daughter. I said to her, why do you think that Corey is your sister? Because Corey is her daughter. She says, well, Corey is my daughter and that's not my daughter, Corey. I said, oh, okay. Because it's kind of like you can't confuse her with the facts. When she's got this idea in her mind that this is how it is, no amount of convincing her is going to change how it looks to her in the moment. Yeah, and who cares, really? Honestly, like my mother had dementia, right? My mother had dementia, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. But it's, it's like when we stop arguing and just let it go yeah, and let her be whoever she thinks she is in the moment or whoever she thinks we are in the moment, it doesn't really matter. There's nothing to fix. It's not like she's all of a sudden going to jump up and say, oh my gosh, that's Corey. That's my daughter. Might happen, might not happen. But when we don't take it seriously, they're thinking, our thinking, somebody else, you know, whoever's thinking, when we're not trying to fix what we can't fix, or things get a lot easier. She woke up the other morning and she said to me, are my parents in bed? They're both dead. So I said, sure. She said, oh, I just wanted to make sure that they were okay and they were in bed. Yes. Then she could go back to sleep. Yeah. So it doesn't That's matter beautiful. if it's not the truth in their mind. But you're not going to convince them either yeah. of what the truth is. Because in that moment, that is the truth for them. I took care of my mother for six years. Yeah. And um, in the last, I'm going to say in the last two, three years, my, my pain, my struggle was not with my mother. It was with everybody around her. My aunt wanted me to place her. My father wanted her to heal. My brothers wanted this, like everybody. And she couldn't just be you know like i remember one time for example the dog did something we had this this was her dog so mom passed away so oh. i kept the dog um so she's she loved the dog and she said that's really i love this cat <laughs> like i know she knows it's a dog yeah right and she's already I could see in her face the embarrassment of the fact that she heard the word cat coming out of her mouth yeah and I'm I'm not even like total bypass I didn't even blink you know what I mean 
My father, on the other hand, was having to tell her, this is not a cat, it's a dog, right? So it was like, I really saw how, first of all, he wasn't present to look at her face. She knows, right? You could, you could literally see like, it was kind of like, oh, but my mom was like, okay, if I don't say anything, maybe nobody's going to notice kind of thing, you know? And, and there was also what was more important was correcting her. Yeah, that's where the ego likes to sneak in. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's just, it's really interesting how when you just let someone be, irregardless of what's going on, we have this ability within us. It's called a self-correcting mechanism you know she woke up she realized that she said dog when she meant cat there was no need for anyone to do anything with that but the ego is kind of like this compulsion and you've probably seen it true in a lot of people you're around this compulsion to have to say something when nothing needs to be said. And my aunt is a constant reminder for me that all I have to do is be with her, make sure she's okay and fed and clean and had you know, enough to drink or whatever. It's not my job to fix her thinking or her reality. But the ego wants to pretend that it is. So we sit there and we try to tell her what the truth is. And then she's basically, don't confuse me with the facts. Because yeah. in her mind, it's that's how it looks. Let me ask you, when you had your hysterectomy, when you were convalescing, did you notice, did you notice a difference in your in your mind, like in how your mind worked? That's a really good question. Um, I'm going to say that I, your question, um, I, I'd like you to reword that question because there's, there's something missing in the way what okay, you're well, here. I'm going to tell you where, why I was asking. I had a hysterectomy also. Okay. And uh, 10 years ago. Okay. And I can tell you that I took three months off from work. And I, I like usually the doctors ask to have a longer uh, convalescence, but I couldn't. I was self-employed, so I have to go back to work. Right. So I went back to work. And I remember thinking, I'm good. You know, like I, I remember like it's good i i can go back to work <laughs> but then i reviewed my work like six months later where i really was okay and i couldn't believe the mistakes that i had made i was like i didn't do this somebody else did it but i signed everything so i knew it was me you know it couldn't be somebody else so i knew for yeah. a fact that something occurred inside me that mentally I wasn't, um, you know, at my best. Right now. Okay. So now I have something to base what I'm about to say on. Yeah. So I had a full hysterectomy and I was given eight to 10 weeks to recover. Now, this January, I had two hernia surgeries on the same day. If you were to ask me which was worse, the hernia surgeries or the recovery from my hysterectomy, 
without batting an eye, I would tell you the hernia surgeries were far worse. And the only reason for that is that the hernia surgeries had, I had to wear a torso binder for the hernia surgeries on my belly. That was such a restrictive thing that was going on. And I noticed that not only was it restricting my breathing, but it was restricting my thinking too. Mm. And it was, it was challenging when I was in the midst of that level of pain to be able to think clearly. And I think that when you, what you just described to me was someone that wasn't thinking clearly. Yeah. And so I think when we're, when we are dealing with pain and even in recovery, we have to have a very high level of clarity in order for us to deal, deal with anything that we're dealing with. And the example that I'm going to use are pro athletes. Something happens when somebody like that has like major setbacks. If they want to get back in their game, they have to handle it from a level of clarity and purpose that to me shows why they are the top athletes that they are because they think differently about pain. They, they work through it. They don't let pain stop them. They don't let pain get in their way. And so they can recover a lot faster because they were in good shape before it happened. And then they work through it till they're on the other side and they're going back to running when most of us would still be walking or doing whatever it was that they did before. So I know for myself that I've got a lot of old lady thinking going on. You know what I mean by that? Why don't you elaborate so that I don't assume? Okay. Well, what I mean by that is that I have this belief that can show up about my own recovery based on what I think that I'm capable of doing. And that gets in my way. And so instead of doing the walk that would do me a lot of good, I sit. So I'm not completely 100% in charge of my own recovery. You know, I'm letting the medication do the work instead of me doing it. And I'm fully responsible for it. But I can see just from this conversation where that level of thinking has gotten me exactly where I'm at now. And we buy into it. If you're a top athlete, you don't buy into that nonsense. So you had a setback. So what? You just keep on going. You're going back to the level of ability that you had before because that's the mindset. I'm going to use mindset for a minute. That's the mindset you're coming from. Yeah. If you're having old lady thinking or old man thinking or... I can't do it thinking, or that's too hard thinking, or I don't want to think it, which is one of mine, by the way. I don't want to. <laughs> then the setback is going to last a lot longer. The, the fuzzy thinking is going to last a lot longer because that's part of what you believe. And I can see that very clearly that I'm very responsible for what has showed up based on my own beliefs about myself and my own capabilities. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It reminds me of, I, I mean, I totally understand that you and I are not, um, you know, law of attraction people. But when I, when I read The Secret, the one thing that actually led me to the three principles of mind, thought, consciousness was when this guy said, who I am, people think who they are right now is a result of what they are thinking. But who they are right now is a result of what they have thought. And like, I just, just that has, like, I remember I was watching the movie, actually, I paused it and I had to, like, I really thought about it. And I was like, yeah, it's like, right, I thought this, so I got this. I thought this, so I got this. I thought this, so I got this. So yeah, for sure. I mean, how we think it's going to give a result, right? The power in what we, we've learned is to understand that. <laughs> to under like to really see it and not try to manipulate it to get what you want just to see it yeah and well the power is in seeing it yeah yeah exactly exactly and it's it, the reason why i was actually asking you that question was because we were talking about your aunt mm -hmm. and like she still has, she still has a level of thinking, you know, she's still thinking, she's still, she's still there. Um, but I understand now she's ill. So there's like something going on inside of her that she cannot control. Right. Mm -hmm. So the, the only thing that we who are I'm going to say in, in French, we say sen d'esprit. We've got a, a sane mind, right? <laughs> the, the only thing that we can do is just understand that and mm -hmm. let them be in the now the way that they want to be in the now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was doing with my mom. And I had the most fun because in doing that, for her, I was doing that for me. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And when you're not fighting against it, see what I see when people argue with each other, right? They're arguing that somebody else's thinking needs to look like they're thinking. Like you need to think it the way I think it. Good luck, right? Yeah. So our, all arguments are stupid. Yeah. They are. They're pointless. Because I can't sit inside your mind and see things the way you see them. It and reminds me of Mavis. Mavis, Mavis Karn told me once. Yeah, me too. Mavis Karn said to me, you know, everybody's got a different computer. I mean, nobody, everybody's got a computer. Nobody has the same files on them. This is how it goes. This is how it is. That's what it reminded me of when you said that. Well, it's the truth. Yeah. yeah my sister and I, what I spent, <laughs> I don't think she'll listen to this podcast, <laughs> but <laughs> we just spent a week together. And my sister was complaining with me at me pretty much the entire time until the last day when she just went off. Now, when you're sitting and listening to somebody's point of view, no matter how righteous that might sound, it doesn't have anything to do with you, even though it may sound like it's directed at you because that's, totally their thinking, creating that reality in the moment. And that's exactly how it looks to them. You can't argue with it. I couldn't even look at her a certain way without that meaning something to her. There was no right look for my face to have while I was listening to her tirade. 
couldn't do it. It was it wasn't going to work. Yeah. And the ego wants to defend itself always. Always. And yet there's absolutely nothing to defend when you realize the truth. We only defend it when we think what whatever the ego is saying has to be defended. Otherwise, we can actually be impersonal and universal and let the wisdom just flow out without anything getting in the way. And I was clearly watching someone barfing their thinking out loud. And I knew that even though there may have been very valid points of what she said, that was how it seemed to her in the moment. And there was nothing that I could say other than at one point when I said something about my opinion and she went off and I said, no, my opinion is the way that I see it. And you can't tell me how I see it. And she shut up. She had nothing to say. Yeah. Because you can't defend against somebody's having it, have, see it the way they see it. Hmm. So let me ask you, because we're, co we're coming to the end of our call. Um, wow. Yeah, it went fast, eh? Um, let me ask you, so do you uh, accept coaching clients? I do. Yeah. So basically you're coaching on uh, wisdom, I think. Is that? I, I coach around a lot of different things. Yeah. Matter of fact, I have a master class that's coming up on the 19th. Okay. And what I'm working with people around is I'm calling this the conditioned mind, the habitual thinking conditioned personal mind. And I'm saying that versus the unconditioned or unconditional, impersonal, universal mind, the energy of all things. And the difference, because a lot of us get stuck inside where the ego lives, the conditioned mind, we get stuck there. And that's where we try to defend and we get insecure and we have fear and we you know, make up stories about ourselves and other people and it, you have critical thinking and we're judgmental and all that. And the, the place that I'm pointing people to in this masterclass series is really to that unknown where we started the whole conversation today, not knowing which direction it was going to go in and being okay with the unknown, being okay sitting in the impersonal, sitting in the, the place of wisdom, sitting in the place of life happening as it is right now in this moment. And that's a gorgeous place to be. It's a place of magic. Magic happens. I like to use the analogy of a magician. Nobody wants to know a magician's tricks. People like to be surprised something that they don't see coming. Yeah. And that's what wows us, right? Yeah. You don't want to see the man behind the curtain. The Wizard of Oz, people were wowed by the Wizard of Oz. Nobody wanted to see the little man behind the curtain. Yeah, and once, once you see it, yeah, once they saw it, we we're all like, oh, it's just him. Yeah, takes the magic away, right? Yeah. Magic is only magic because it misdirects us from what's happening over here. We're looking over here. Well, that's what happens with our thinking all the time. We're looking in the wrong place. Yeah, People are looking and searching to have insights. They're looking in the wrong place. There's so much magic when you know where to look. Yeah, but it also just happens like that, like today's insight about my aunt. 
that her dementia is no different than our dementia. It's all thinking. And we believe our thinking. What's the difference? Very cool. So that's November 19th? That's when it begins, yes. Okay. Okay. Well, Lori, thank you so much for accepting my invitation in the unknown, the conversation where we had no idea where we were going to go. <laughs> I loved every minute of it. <laughs> and watching your, what is the dog's name, by the way? Her name is Beauté. I'm French. I don't know if I, you knew that, but my first language is French. No, so I can hear it in your accent. Yeah. So she's French and she's basically beauty, but in French. So say it again slower. Beauté. 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 Yeah. Beauté. <laughs> she almost, she's starting to know the name in English. Ah, well, she's a beauty in any language. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. If you've listened up till now, thank you so much. Um, please give me a follow and uh, share, like, do all the things that need to be done so that it can help me get up there in my ratings. And um, please remember to uh, dream it, dare it, do it, and live the life you want. Bye. Bye-bye.